studio which is not actually a studio it is a zoom meeting from i don't know where are you mikey i'm at bad shot in hell's kitchen the <laughs> mikey pomodoro old pop-up and now the kitchen space that we use. so anyway it is the not a foodie show i am tom and i am uh your co-host along with mike moranti aka it's mikey I, pomodoro mikey pomodoro so i think mike one of the things that I want to talk about about this episode, in fact, the focus of this episode, I think, is the evolution of Mike Moranti, um, front of house guy, uh, podcast host extraordinaire, to Mikey Pomodoro, restaurateur, uh, pop-up manager, pop-up chef. restaurateur, chef, chef, smorgasburg. Like, we, we've got a lot to unpack there. Um, but I think... I think we should just get started with some uh, with some food news first. What do you think? Yeah, I, me too. That that's the plan. That's what we do. You're out of practice because you didn't do the food news jingle. You got to do the jingle. It's food news. Still got it. All right. Uh, so what do you what do we have to talk about today? What do we got to talk uh, about the food so, news? So yeah. So pretty much, if you've been uh, if you're just coming out of a coma, and the first thing you needed to do was listen to the new Not a Foodie Show. Uh, there's been a worldwide pandemic since uh, t- the end of 2019. What? Uh, restaurants closed for a year. Then there was a vaccine where there is a vaccine. And a lot of people have taken it, but not everybody yet for some reason. I thought I was signing up to get a microchip. I didn't know that there was a vaccine. All right. <laughs> because there's a vaccine, restaurants are kind of back. There's no more uh, 50% seating. There's no more outdoor only seating. Restaurants are back. So restaurants are back, but it's not the same as what it was pre-COVID. And Food and Wine put out a really like perfect Instagram post, like a 10, 10 slide post about the new rules of dining out. Yeah, this is awesome. I came across this the other day. Um, and, and, and just to be clear, you and I started talking about food news. We started talking about just the, the shit that servers have to deal with, like that they've had to deal with historically, right? Like you go to a restaurant, people see people are entitled and, you know, that's not even talking about the people that don't tip, but the people who, you know, as my my daughter would call them Karens, but like just people who are complaining, who, who have this sense of entitlement and it's gotten worse across the board for, for everything, right? Like people are understandably angry. People are, you know, frustrated with the world and, things start to open up a little bit and they there's this trend i guess or this there's immediate like you know urge to get back to oh everything should be perfect again you know when on the back end there's there's a lot of shit that's not perfect we lost how many hundreds of thousands of people you know died there's a so that means there's a labor shortage too there's a labor shortage are more people to go back to work Yes. Which yes. is a really like uh, cynical way of looking at it, but it's the truth. But also people are choosing not to, people who might not feel comfortable going back to work 
in a restaurant where you're dealing with people with dealing with the public. Um, you know, I know me personally, like I've got kids at home who are not vaccinated yet. I would probably feel uncomfortable if I had a job working in a restaurant like that. I had to go to a conference in Nashville um, back in August, which is like the breakthrough COVID capital of the fucking world because it's just a crazy unmasked, unvaccinated mass of people. And I, I quarantined at home before seeing my kids. Like I can't imagine having to do that every single day and having to go to work and being treated like shit and, you know, by customers and everything like that. I think it's just, uh, we're, we're at a, we're at a breaking point. So that led us, you and I to talk about this post that came out from food and wine. It was an Instagram post and why don't you take us through it? Yeah. So, uh, it's 10 or it's, yeah, it's 10 rules. Number one, the customer is not always right which is the truth. The customer is usually wrong. And also people hate asking servers questions when they go out and then they don't have as good of a time. You and I are literally friends because you asked me things at Christos. <laughs> I, so like this is, it's, it's interesting because I, I've always struggled with, like I'm not gonna complain about certain things, but I will talk to my servers and I'll talk to chefs and I'll ask for recommendations and I'll, you know, I, the other day I had some really bad service at uh, a place that I'm not going to blow up their spot and I'm, but I'll, but I, I sent the manager a note because I feel like they want, they want to know, right? Like I'm not asking for, for anything for free. I'm not demanding things. Like sometimes I'll tell if I had really bad service or like a bad dinner meal, I'll pay for it. And then after I pay for it, I'll bring the manager over. Oh, that's exactly what them. I did. I paid for I, it. Look, I, yeah. Yep. That's it. I paid for it. I, and I, you know, and I said, Hey, I know that, that you're a new restaurant that's been around for only, you know, a few months. I know that you are beloved. You're, you're developing a relation or a reputation of being beloved in the community. Um, and every experience I've had up until this point was good, but I just want to let you know that this is really screwed up what you did. Like this, this was a really bad day. Um, and everybody has a bad day. So anyway, the customer is not always right. What's the next Two. rule? Tip big, 20% is minimum now. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I also like when I tip, I tip 20% after tax. So that's usually like 25%. Yeah. I mean, Something yeah, like I've always tipped 20% after tax. Sometimes I, when, when I first started going out, I was tipping like 50% of the bill. <laughs> I was just, I felt so grateful. Bags. I know. Right. Well, I mean, it's not like I was going out to like, you know, uh, a real, like, and, and well, let me just say, I'm not tipping 50% of the bill if I'm going to a restaurant that I know is owned by some rich person. But what know. about when you go to uh, EMP for a vegan mix? Yeah, yeah, no, drinks, not at all. Still pay $350. I will not. Uh, don't they have no tipping? I'm going to <laughs> keep Danny Meyer up, uh, like the old Danny Meyer uh, method for that. Anyway. Number three. Number three. Be clear about food allergies. Uh, yeah, but servers should always ask allergies too because people are stupid. So you should, if you ask them, they'll more, they'll be more likely to tell you than if they just have it. Right. Well, and this all, I think the, the ethos behind this is be clear because restaurants have always had to work on razor thin margins, but like, you don't want to be sending things back. You don't want to mm -hmm. be causing a problem when people are short staffed and barely getting by. Right. So be upfront Especially about something like that. Yeah, no, yeah. no exactly. Um, and so the next one is use your phone for memories, not calls. 
Um, which take is, your pictures. But yeah, don't take, take, take pictures, put them on you Instagram. You should never take a phone call in the restaurant. I know. I could not believe that this was a new rule of dining. This no. is always my rule of dining. My phone, I take a photo when things come out, but it goes into my pocket or it gets turned over upside down. If I'm ever on mm-hmm. my phone while eating dinner, you can come over and, and slap me. Yeah, if, if you're if someone calls you, you can pick up and be like, hey, I'm out to dinner, I'll call you back, and that's it. Yeah. Don't, yeah. If I go to a table and they're on the phone, I just leave, and then they'll get me when they're off the when I'm when they're off the phone. Number five, five. Respect that reservation. Oh my god! I this is something that I am always like. I think my wife gets annoyed with me because if I'm going to be ten minutes late for a reservation, I will call the restaurant and let them know. I ten, am. I know. You, I, I'm a little bit crazy with that. You can give a rest. You could be fifteen minutes late to a reservation. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the that that's the absolute most. I think that's totally acceptable. After that, uh, it's really not fair. But I mean, also this is... like restaurants close earlier now. So if they're closing at ten and you have a nine forty five reservation or nine thirty reservation, and you get there at nine forty five, you better get your order in quick because they're still yeah. going to close. But I think that the first sentence on this slide that that Food and Wine put out is restaurants simply cannot sustain the financial losses of no shows particularly right now. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something to keep in mind when you make a reservation, especially at a place where you've got limited staff, you've got limited food that people have, you know, that they've ordered, um, that the restaurant has ordered to cook for you. Like that's all based on your reservation. So respect the reservation. Number six, patience, 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 patience. patience. <laughs> I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, I think my first dining experience um, my first indoor dining experience post getting vaccinated definitely took probably 15 to 20% longer than normal. And I was fine with it. I am mm-hmm. happy to be out. I'm happy to be, um, to be partaking in the economy. I'm happy to have people cook for me and serve me. Um, it is a privilege, right. To be able to go out and, and do this. Uh, absolutely. Like, just I, patience, patience. I missed patience. it so much. Yeah. During quarantine, I missed going out and like just having a meal. No, I was no. like dreaming about diner breakfast. Like the idea of someone just like making me eggs and toast and home fries and sausage. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I like, I love a dirty, dark, tight bar. Like, yeah. That is that, like, when I say tight, I mean like you're shoulder to shoulder with people. Like, when people ask me what I want to do after, you know, getting vaccinated, I want to be in a tight, bar with like shoulder to shoulder with people that screaming with some drunk next to me about whatever sports is on the tv you, you know you what know? i did um like two three weeks ago what i took i took over the jukebox at billy mark west oh billy marks that is <laughs> we could have a whole episode about billy marks <laughs> i can you know talk to you about the 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 sex worker friends that i made there even though <laughs> they would they would be beginning their shift when I was finishing my shift. I was not a sex worker. I was working at a media company, but I would come in at like seven or eight o'clock at night and there'd be the sex workers gearing up for the evening. What a great place that place is. <laughs> anyway, number and seven. When you when you play music, they talk to you about what you play. Oh they, yeah. They're like big like music guy, big like all these guys. So did you rock know and roll guys? For a while, they were the only bar in New York that you were allowed to smoke in. 
Yeah, you told me that. I did, right? And I went Billy there and I told my friend that. Yeah. That, and I was I like, mean, yeah, was... the place had no employees. They just had the two owners. It's, it was Billy and Mark. <laughs> yep. Um, number seven, smaller menus are the order of the day. Totally fine. I, with me. I feel like that was the trend pre-COVID anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 fine with that. Yeah. I'm always like a hey, it's give better. me give me one of everything on the menu. Yeah. You know, Don't weaponize like less of a the... cavone. <laughs> anyway uh sorry i'm cutting you off my bad eight don't weaponize your online review yes uh yeah that that's just called being a good human being i know i know i and i also will go as i i very rarely have left bad reviews online for restaurants um i i followed a lot of food writers and food critics who just decided they're gonna stop reviewing restaurants like they'll go out and they'll highlight restaurants, but they're not going to, if there's a ne- something negative to say, they're probably not going to do it right now. Cause we're in a place where these, you know, these, these restaurants, these businesses are trying to survive. And, you know, do they need someone, some idiot writing a, a one-star Yelp review, like is not helpful. I mean, okay. Well, one, remember in the beginning of the pandemic, the picture of the fajitas and it was like, we've been waiting for 20 minutes. She can't eat her fajitas without cheese or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something stupid. Like that, that's how all those people come off as. Well, I, um, I, like that's that's the problem with Yelp reviews is that like, I you can't trust the person who's writing it to begin with. And if someone didn't get their, you know, their iced tea with enough ice cubes in it, they're gonna leave a one-star review on Yelp. And that one-star review is gonna be into, it's gonna be put into the weighted average of the the overall review of the yeah, so i never trust any any of that stuff we got a, a one-star review on uh seamless or grubhub uh-huh. and it was like food was not good okay that was it that's that was, helpful. It was like I, i'm sorry <laughs> all right number nine <laughs> prove your status um that means if you're asked to show proof of vaccine do it don't give people yeah. a hard time for enforcing regulations. No matter how you feel about whether you should be vaccinated it's, it's or the not. It, it's the same yeah. as like being 18 and going into a bar and being like, why can't I drink? Why can I serve in the army, but I can't drink? It's not yeah. the bar, it's not up to the bartender. Yep. It's not it, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Cut. It's it's a, it's that cut and dry. Number 10, be kind. Keep timeliness, candor, rule. directness, and kindness in communication top of mind. I think the next sentence is recognize the humanity of every worker. That is something that was gone for a long time. Um, Just because you're paying somebody to to serve you a meal doesn't make you better than them. doesn't mean that you get to not be kind to them. I mean, that was always, always my rule when I was looking for a partner in life is watch how they treated uh, the wait staff at a restaurant. And if they didn't treat them with like the utmost kindness and respect, then they weren't the person for me. So anyway, those are the 10 new rules as put out by food and wine magazine this week, a couple well, uh, like yesterday, they put this out, but yeah, I love that. Sh- I love that both out, of us saw it. Yeah. Shout out my friend, chef Mark Garcia for uh, putting me onto it. It's really good. Love Mark Garcia. Anyway, friend of, friend of the pod, Mikey. So, Mikey, Pom- I'm going to call you Mikey from now on because it's Mikey Pomodoro. I never called you Mikey. Weird. I always just called you Mike. You know, I don't like Mikey. 
Like I, I like it because it's, like really, it. it's a really good name. It's a really good name for the business. But when I introduce myself to people, I just might. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, we're transitioning. You are no longer, for this segment at least, you are no longer Mike Moranti, co-host of the Nada Foodie Show. You are Mikey Pomodoro, restaurateur. And I want to hear your story, Mikey Pomodoro. Um, talk about, so I, I really, I'm, I find it fascinating. Pan, I'll set you up. Pandemic hit. You um, were not working in restaurants anymore. So you decided you're going to start making uh, chicken parm kits that you're going to sell. You're going to make chicken parms and, and at little speakeasies, little pop-ups and sell them to your mm-hmm. friends. And then that evolved. So take it from there. Yeah. So uh, it, it was a couple of things to, to start to start. Like I was, I was so bored. I was go. I was by myself. I watched all of Netflix. I listened to all of Spotify. I, I was just going out of my fucking mind. And um, I was cooking a lot. And my friend asked me if I would cook dinner for him and his pregnant wife to surprise them uh, for it was her birthday slash she was pregnant. So I I pay I charged him like 150 bucks with food and everything. Uh, and I went and I cooked for them. And that was like the first Mikey Pomodoro thing. And then my other friends turned their backyard into a speakeasy bar and they wanted some guest chefs. So I came and that's how the chicken parm sliders were born. And then I started selling the chicken parm sliders out of my apartment in Harlem too, as a kid. And the chicken parm um, sliders are not just chicken parm like it's it's a ground chicken with a proprietary blend of herbs and spices and deep fried and then you know layered on with the, yeah. the new middle parm parmed up um so it's not on a just martin's potato on a martin's slider. potato so it, it is it is very um it's very unique it's not like you know not your italian deli chicken parm sandwich i, I say it's, when you're eating it you know it's a chicken parm but it's like no chicken parm you've ever had all right there you go. And, and those got, uh, they got rave reviews. You ended up going um, on to Barstool and supplying yeah. them with some chicken parm. I, I've and, done Barstool twice. I just catered for them on 420 once as like a, hey guys, what's up? When yeah. we first opened the pop-up. And I did Barstool breakfast uh, last December. Nice, nice. So the, their morning show. So how did that transition from selling kits to putting together a few menu items and opening up a pop-up i needed uh to kind of put this into high gear i so pandemic hit there was no vaccine i knew restaurants are restaurants aren't going away like as nothing's ever actually going to kill restaurants as a whole there's always going to be some sort of rest there's always going to be like a mcdonald's or something so i thought about one was quick service restaurants, I've always been really into them as a business concept. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't a space for Italian American fast casual quick service restaurants. There's pizza, but there is no space for that. Um, and then that was probably the vessel that uh, post pandemic restaurants would do the best in because it's mainly food that's like made for travel, uh, for delivery. It's not really like, like people will go to Chipotle and like sit down, but most people will go to Chipotle to get their food back to the office. Right. So, so I wanted to put together a menu 
that would travel well and still be in that quick service space and feel like a quick service restaurant. So um, I racked my brain a little bit. I put together a nine item menu. I called my friend Marco to come in and do this with me because um, I knew I couldn't do it by myself. You can't, one person can't run a restaurant. Right. That's impossible. And I don't have any money. So I was like, I, I can't like hire somebody. So um, I brought him on as my partner and we did the, the Metro Taco pop-ups and bar stills every Sunday. Yeah. So, so you guys, um, and I, we might've talked about this on a previous episode, but we did, you basically took over one of your friend's Mexican restaurants. You took it up, you took it over for Mm -hmm. lunch service on the weekend. All day Sunday. All day Sunday. Sunday. Every Sunday. The first Sunday was uh, Super Bowl Sunday where indoor seating wasn't allowed. The second Sunday was Valentine's day where they just had brought back indoor seating at like 30% or whatever the capacity was. Then the, uh, the last two Sundays we sold out. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, and that's where I got to experience um, the Mikey Pomodoro's chicken sliders and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, go through the menu real quick. Yeah. Through, well, well, now, like I was going to say, go through the original menu and then how it's evolved. Okay. So the original menu was nine items. It was chicken parm, mm-hmm. meatballs, um, string beans, spaghetti Pomodoro, Rigatoni vodka, mozzarella carrozza, soupli, Mexican chocolate cannolis we added, and um, I, I feel like I'm missing one thing. Oh, uh, chicken tuta bene, which is a grilled chicken piccata sandwich. That's okay. also like a, that, that evolved at um, the next location because we're in the Indian restaurant, so we did it in the tandoor oven. So it was more like a Mediterranean uh uh almost nice i I, that's so that's something that also uh, i've i've been fascinated with like your first pop-up was in the mexican kitchen your second pop-up was in an indian kitchen no wait tom the first pop-up forget a mexican kitchen the first pop-up was in a gluten-free kitchen oh wow we couldn't use the deep fryer we had a big ass uh heavy bottom pot we filled with oil and had a thermometer, a candy thermometer in the oil. And That's had how to I fried, to yeah. monitor, <laughs> Had to monitor the oil. Yeah, but you're frying for four people. I know, people. I know. I was yeah. just going to say that. <laughs> I and mean, we you've never also, been to Christmas Eve at my house. There are 40, 50 people. It's like doing a you know, dinner service. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, that's legit. <laughs> but so... so like, so the first one was gluten-free. The second one was, I, that's the how the Mexican kitchen. chocolate came in. And then the third, yeah, yeah the Indian kitchen. Literally, I thought it would be like a cute thing to do, like a Mexican yeah. chocolate cannoli. And they were fire. <laughs> nice. And yeah. So, so now, um, now that pop-up, the pop-up was at an Indian restaurant in Manhattan. And that ended mm-hmm. at the beginning of September. And yep. now you're doing Smorgasburg. For, for those of you who don't know what Smorgasburg is, why don't you explain it, Mike? Okay, so Smorgasburg is a free outdoor food vending uh, hall. It's at on Saturdays. It's at Marsha P. Johnson State Park. In it's it's free to it's walk free to around. Enter. It's it's yeah. not free to eat food there. Yeah. No, but it, it's absolutely free to enter. Yeah. Um, and there's dozens of vendors just like me, all small businesses who are there selling their wares. Uh, and all the food is pretty good. I've had by now, because I went once to just like 
hang out and talk to some people and try some food. And then uh, last weekend we ate a little bit too. All the food is very good. It's nice being around a lot of people who are like, put everyone's putting out like a good product. Yeah, it's always been a, a great little, you know, addition to that mm -hmm. neighborhood in Williamsburg. And I mean, and they've also expanded. They've got a, there's a Smokersburg. Prospect in, Park on Sundays. World well, Trade uh, but there's also, there's, yeah, there's, there's one in LA though. There's Jersey one in- Jersey City, yeah, LA, yeah. Yeah, they're all over. It's a brand now. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember going I, in, the, in the early days when, like, I would go to the meatball shop and the Arancini brothers mm -hmm. were there, you know. No, Arancini brothers were never there. They were? I talked, no, when I sat down with the two guys, the two owners of Smorgasburg, uh -huh. I was just, like, saying brands. I was like, oh, yeah, like, like the Arancini brothers are super impressive. And they're like, we've never had them. Wow. I, that, yeah. All right. Well, that's a yeah, weird. Yeah, man, they're, they're a super impressive brand. They don't have a single brick and mortar location. Yeah, but wow. they have like permanent locations. Maybe I'm thinking super, of someone super different. Impressive. Yeah, that's awesome though. So, uh, yeah. so what what's the menu like at at Smorgasburg? So we ran a four item menu. We mm -hmm. did um, chicken parm sliders, vodka chicken parm sliders, mozzarella and carrozza, and supli, which are Roman style rice balls. And mozzarella mm -hmm. carrozza is a deep fried grilled cheese. Um, and let me. Last week was a shit show. None of our equipment worked. We did so we had the fryer. I saw that. Yeah, I saw. I saw we, you. You no, tweeted something yeah, Tom, about it or whatever. We had I mean, the I fryer. Didn't... We didn't have the propane tank or anything, right? So there's a propane guy there. He sold us the propane tank. He sold us the regulator. He sold us the hose, but the hose didn't have the piece to fit into the fryer's regulator. It just fit into the actual fryer. Okay. So, it, the, the machine wasn't regulating the gas. So it turned on and like butane going and everything running great, but we get too hot and then it would turn itself off. Yeah. So what, it took us a while to figure out what was going on. And what we did was we were batch frying chicken and souffle. Then the broiler that I bought, I just looked, I looked like a nice broiler on Amazon, uh, good reviews and um, big and, and not particularly too expensive. And we get there, we open it up, and uh, it's a 220-watt uh, European broiler. So we couldn't use that. So wait, wait, Marco, wait. Did, it, did it have like one of the, it had like a European plug? Had the, oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. And Marco's uh, mom and stepdad drove from um, Sunset Park, and they brought two little Breville toaster ovens. Oh, man. So that's actually what we have to rock out with this weekend too. And then we'll have a new broiler thing in by next, the following weekend. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Which it's fine. It's okay. Is it, um, uh, is it Saturday and Sunday? Um, Sunday is prospect park. That's right. So Saturday. So we're not doing that. Yet. You're not yeah. doing that. So you're just doing Saturdays. Mm -hmm. So you got, yeah. yeah, man, the amount of work that you have to put in just to do, you know, one day it's, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's you're essentially opening a restaurant. Like it, but um, the, the guy next to us set up his entire booth by himself in like an hour and he had a bunch of stuff. He's like, yeah, it just took practice. And uh, I'm not, between me and Marco, I'm not too worried about us like getting it. The hardest thing is when I have to parallel park a U-Haul. That's the absolute <laughs> worst thing. Nice. Well, that's the, one of the perils of having to run a, run a pop-up stand or a restaurant in New York. Yeah. The well, cargo van, not the giant truck yes so what's next difficult. what's next with for for mikey pomodoro what, what like if i all of a sudden 
um, sell one of my NFTs and I've got, you know, $20 million and I'm going to give you, you know, half a million dollars or a million dollars. What do you want? And we're going to, we're going to open a place in the Lower East Side, uh, and brand it and do everything we need to do and, uh, get the first one going and then hopefully open multiple ones throughout, uh, the East, down the East coast and into like the South, like in L shape. Right. Right. So um, what's your, what's your, who's your like audience? Who, who's your, uh, anyone know, that likes Italian customer? food, but like, it sounds really? like with all the fried stuff, I feel like you are the lower East side is perfect for you. I feel like you're not well, a late night, wait, but you're a, no. you know, but well, one, yes, absolutely. It's for, drunk for that stuff. Uh, well, wait, let me, but, let me back up for that. But there for isn't, there's, there's stuff that isn't fried. We had, we right, ran. Right. I just meant I, what I meant by that. When, and again, I'm I'm backing up a little bit. the The stuff that from Smorgasburg is yeah. would be awesome. Drunk food, bar food, mm -hmm. walking I, I around want, food. Exactly yes. the Smorgasburg stuff. We're not doing eggplant parm because mm -hmm. you, I we don't want to carry like three types of bread. I don't want to carry like a semolina hero on top of everything else. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do like an eggplant parm in a a tray that you have to like walk around and eat, yeah. or, like go leave and sit down and yep. I want like there's like there there's a guy who does um Thai fried chicken inside of a pineapple yeah and, like that's awesome and it, it's like a whole like wow oh my god and then there's like a bar there's one guy that does barbecue and that's another train where you have to like go and sit down but it's barbecue yeah yeah i don't think people that, want i want to try like, that by oh, the way and, that's the is that the good. dominican barbecue place no no it's called bark barbecue yeah i thought that was them no okay no um and then like in eggplant parm i don't know i don't i can't imagine that being a thing that like gets people to sit down I'm cracking up because I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Jerk, which I think is one of the funniest movies in mm -hmm. the world. And when he, Steve Martin is in it and it's like a 70s movie and, you know, he's talking, he's working at a carnival and he's like, yeah, we're right over there, right next to the pizza in a cup guy. And then they're like, pizza in a cup. And he goes, oh, yeah, that guy's good. He put the other pizza in a cup guy out of business. <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, I know that line. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, it's I understand you, you need you need that walking around food, you know? Yeah. Cool. So that that's why we're not going to do eggplant parm, but we are going to do meatball. We just ordered another soup kettle. We're going to do meatballs this weekend, too. Nice. I mean, who doesn't love a meatball, especially on meatball a fall sandwich. winter day, like a, like a, a cold as the weather gets cooler, you'll you'll sell more of those. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So and so when I sell when so what we're going to do is we're going to mint one of these episodes as an audio NFT. And our our listeners are going to uh, be part owners of this NFT, which we're going to then convert into an NFT of Mikey Pomodoro. Um, and I'm half joking. But now that I said it, flip it, like, it's flip coming. it for yeah. 85 ETH. That's like Oh, 85, 85 ETH. Yeah. Oh my God. That's like, you know, $150,000. Like we're, we're, good. we're, we're in, we're in. Cool. Well, I mean, so is it, this is something I like you're, you're still a little bit involved in the New York, you know, you're working jobs to sort of keep mm -hmm. things moving during the week. It's not like, yeah, you got bills yeah. to pay, but like, this is what you want to do. You want to open Mikey Pomodoro. You want to open a this, chain of them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing this for fun. Yeah. I'm doing nice. this because I believe in it. And I really like, I 20, the point of 2021, January 1st, 2021, I was like, okay, this year's not about making money. It's about proving the concept. And I went from 
in under a year selling chicken parm sliders out of my apartment to being a smorgasbord vendor. So that's awesome. It's, it's a, I had a great Pete Wells review. We haven't even talked about that. Pete Wells, yeah. Not like a review, but he came by. I got Pete Wells Instagram shout out. Yeah. Post. Well, I mean, so he I liked think the food, the, um, he liked the meatballs actually. That's what he had. I think that the, the what that says about you is that, you know, pe- people can feel your passion. You know, mm-hmm. people can feel it. They can, when you're out there, you're promoting it. You're, you're, you know, I could feel it on Twitter. I haven't eaten uh, a chicky palm slider in, in seven, eight months, eight months. You know, I anyway. haven't been to, I couldn't go to the, the pop-up in, in Manhattan when you had it. I just wasn't around the city those days, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm excited. You couldn't to make it into Midtown during lunch? I couldn't. I didn't. I don't live here. I don't live here during the summertime. You were only here during the summer. And <laughs> that's and, why we had to stop. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but um, but I but I do like I do feel like I can feel your enthusiasm for for everything. And um, Pete Wells, when I when I read that, you could tell that he that felt the enthusiasm, too. And oh, yeah. so every, everyone should it. go check out. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's awesome what you've done. Everyone needs to go to Smorgasburg and check it out. And we're back. I don't know why I said, and we're back. We're, um, we're, we're we don't go anywhere. And it's just <laughs> to the listener. It's just a quick edit. It's not the like we have commercials. I know it's the old radio show. And I called you Mikey. You're not Mikey now. Now you're back to being Mike Moranti. So Mike, <laughs> I, you've got a busy day ahead of you. Um, we were going to a welding store to find the part to put the hose into the regulator. Nice. <laughs> well, as we always end our episodes, I know you've got a busy day, so I want to end it, wrap it up. But like, what, what are you drinking? What are you going to have as a cocktail tonight to, to celebrate your success and in finding the proper coupler for your propane tanks. So I think um, we used to say we're never going to repeat cocktails. Okay. We've got a whole bunch of new listeners. A pandemic. Yes. Um, so I'm going to repeat a cocktail. Well, uh, I mean, the theme of the pandemic is just repetition. <laughs> Everything yeah. is repetition. So I'm fine with it. Go ahead. So I'm going to uh, find a nice, talented bartender to make me an aviation. Ah. It's my favorite cocktail. Really? Gin. Yeah, absolutely. Gin, lemon, maraschino liqueur, little creme de violet. It is with a with a, mar- a good maraschino cherry in it. It's so good. It's acidic. It's bright. It has all the complexities of gin. My absolute favorite thing, especially like when it's still really fucking hot out and it shouldn't be. Like it's really good weather. Good nice. aviation weather. What about you? I, um... Well, I am. I, I discovered a cocktail um, that, or a variation on a cocktail last week. So last week, um, I decided we had a bunch of acorn squash that we got from our farm, and I made um, acorn squash gnocchi, like fresh acorn squash gnocchi. Oh, I saw that. With some duck eggs that I had from another farm, so like really fresh gnocchi, and then we made a uh, a brajol. So it was a combination of like a fall meal and then grilled brajol, like summertime. Um, it was a pork loin stuffed with provolone and prosciutto and some spices and things like that. And while I was making all of that stuff, I was like, you know, I want something that's sort of fallish, but something that is also um, might be a little summerish. And I ended up with, I wanted something that was a little bit more Amaro or Amari mm-hmm. sort of flavored. 
Amari is the, the plural. plural. Yes. Amari. So I ended up with a with a Toronto. So do you know you know a Toronto? Is this spelt like the city in yes. Canada? Yes, and it is. Oh, no, I don't know. It's rye, um, Fernet Branca, simple syrup, and some Angostura bitters. Um, Rye, Fernet, simple Angostura. So it's like a a little elevated old fashioned. Yes, it's like an old fashioned where you you put some Fernet in it. But what I did was. Bartenders. I, um, instead of using simple syrup, I used a little bit of maple syrup because I thought that would go really well, first of all, with the squash, second of all, just with the Canadian theme of the drink. And, but I wanted, since it was, it was hot out, I wanted a little bit of a, a little bit of spiciness to it. So I added some cayenne mm-hmm. pepper in there. So it was cayenne pepper and maple syrup instead of simple syrup, rye and Fernet Branca. And because it's Toronto, but it was a little bit spicy, um, I couldn't decide whether I was going to call it um, the Drake or the Hotline Bling or something like that. But that's, the it's, it's the hotline bling. bling. That's that's my so that's my new cocktail for that, and I'm gonna make that tonight. How's the uh, ghost pepper tequila? <laughs> Honestly, how, I how? open it um, once, like once every few months. I take a sip, and my lips are burning. Um, you know what I did though? This summer, I just I I diluted it down quite a bit. And I made some co- like which is more tequila. No, well, when I, I made cocktails and I diluted it with more tequila when I made cocktails, like mm. I didn't dilute the actual bottle that you made for me. Yeah. But oh, man, I, I got to tell you, it is it is. For, so for those of you who don't know, Mike gave me a ghost pepper um, tequila, like a bottle of tequila with a ghost pepper in it. That And I left the ghost pepper. It only soaked I left the ghost day. pepper in there for one day. And then I was like, I, I tasted it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like undrinkable. It's too hot. But. This is the time of year, Mikey. I am I am a um, a Calabrian chili pepper baron right now, and I ordered I ordered the wrong variety from my seed guy in Sicily. So I ordered the little they're tiny tiny little ones. They're called Satan's Kiss peppers or Devil's Kiss. So, so, they're, so they're they spicy, are they're way like too spicy. So what I'm doing mm. is I'm drying them. Um, and I've been experimenting with them. I made like a little bit of a chili paste, a fermented chili paste with some basil and garlic. Um, but with the majority of them, I'm just drying them and grinding them. So like I'll have these really good crushed red peppers. But my hands, I forgot to wear gloves the other day. And literally oh, for like no. three days, I my hands, if I go anywhere near my lips or my tongue or my eyes, like putting contact lenses in, I'm crying for a half hour. It's, it's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's like bear spray, like, you know, the, the bear, bear powered pepper spray. Mace, yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, so we're going to keep trying to do more episodes of Not A Foodie. Now that we both have uh, semi-regular schedules, we're going to find time to do it. Yeah. We're going to try to do them like um, once every couple weeks. Thanks for thanks for recording and thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Bye, Tom. Bye, Bye. everyone. Foodie.